We've had to rate this podcast explicit because of some of the details that we go into. So please be aware this is not for little ears. Welcome to the Mum Mind podcast or how to stop your mother falling out of your mouth. I'm Steph McSherry, the mu- a mum of two, a mum of two, not the mum of two, <laughs> and the creator of Kinderama, which is a multi-activity programme for younger kids and I've been working with that age group for 20 years. Hello, I'm Bethan. I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a mum of three and I run the Cam Parenting Club and I'm the author of The Self-Care Planner, How to Live a Balanced Life. Each week, Steph and I will be answering one of your parent questions and coming up with helpful solutions and tips from our combined, this is crazy, like 40 years experience Uh, work. (laughs) Not that we're old and grey, not that we're old and grey, we're wise and experienced. Okay, okay. Reframe. Um, Yeah, so if you want us to answer one of your questions, email us themummind at gmail.com. Or tap us on the shoulder, which seems to be happening a lot. Could you talk about this? Could you talk about that? That's lovely, isn't it? But that's it. That's it. Because I think so much of parenting questions, so so much of parenting is like embarrassing or shameful or like, oh my God, is everyone else's kid a bit weird as well? Yeah. And please know if you do send us an email, it's literally going to be a generic question framed around whatever you ask us. It's not going to be, oh, do you know what? Doris emailed. (laughs) (laughs) Doris and White Church with three children you know two up from the petrol station that one <laughs> can you imagine oh yeah no, we wouldn't no. do that to you we, we understand completely no so uh steph sorry were you going to say a bit about liking and yes subscribing? follow subscribe even even leave a review click your little stars button it all helps us to make more amazing free content for you yeah and so this week is an interesting question A parent posed a question to me about their daughter getting ready for the discos. The daughter was 14. Okay. And they felt that they had very little clothing on. (laughs) I opened the floor for discussion. Yeah, the trend, well, from my neighborhood, I understand the trend to be these very short kind of bodycon dresses. Is that what they call them? (laughs) God, I've really shown my age. What do they call those outfits? (laughs) You know, a very tight kind of lycra dress. Now, thankfully, that is paired with a pair of seat sneakers, trainers, rubber dollies, whatever you want to call them. Rubber dollies? Uh, Rubber dollies. Have you never heard that? That's a cork thing. That's a no. cork phrase, yeah. Oh. Rubber dollies. I'm on the I'm on the outskirts of being a God. I hope I have that right. Again. Anyway, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Now I say thankfully because I just think God, if they were paired with a heel, cheapers we'd be in trouble or would we look like oh you can't see you can't see Bethan's face she's ready to explode I was I saying to you just just as we started this conversation I've had I'm I'm this is just around the corner for me well and potentially for you because we've daughters of that kind of age coming up and I've had the discussion with my husband I've had the discussion with numerous friends and I'm really torn. Like in one way, I think they should be able to celebrate their bodies without any repercussions, without anyone judging them, without us fearing for them. And then the other part of me goes, but jeepers, (laughs) have you seen? But what is the jeepers bit about? I'll tell you a story of a friend of mine and she told this story publicly, but I'll I'll keep her name under wraps for now. She said the first time her daughter went to a disco, her and her husband were downstairs. She was getting ready with all her buddies. She came downstairs and, you know, her and her husband's kind of muttering under under their breath were like, oh, dear God, you know, looks like she's just about to go out 
touting for business, that kind of, you know, it, it has that kind of uh, connotation. And then she said in her head, she was torn. She's like, no, she has a beautiful body. She's celebrating her body. I shouldn't be judging her in this way. This is my stuff kind of coming up. I'm hearing my parents. So that I completely resonate because I, if it was my daughter going out, I'd be torn. But I also know I have very little options. It's not like I'm going to march her up back upstairs to put on another outfit. Well, I mean, if you do, she'll just have her other outfit in her bag anyway. Yes, I've seen them all at the junior disco in Cork heading in. They're getting dropped off in jeans and a crop top. They head into McDonald's and then they head out in underwear. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, like, so interestingly, next week or maybe the week after, but we're recording a podcast all about teaching children, talking with children about sex and bodies. Mm. And we have a secondary school teacher called Owen. I don't know his last name. Cleary. Owen Cleary coming in and talking with us about research he did with transition year students Mm. um, around sex, around porn, around all of this kind of stuff. And I think the biggest thing I often feel right when people talk about these topics I'm the psychotherapist I'm supposed to have something really wise to say and I actually don't that's okay I have have nothing that's like wow guys this is going to change your lives when I say this to you yeah because I feel it's like well what's the first so what I want to say is like what's it got to do with you what they wear and have you taught your daughter and your son as they've been growing up about um sex yeah consent yeah yeah I mean this is because this is you know like there's all the you know if you see the like the rape crisis center Mm. you know in Cork when you drive Mm. past it on the keys there they have um they have signs up that are saying you know like oh I, I can't remember but something like you know women you can wear what you want it doesn't mean yeah, that I'm ready for sex or, it, you know, yes, agreed. Um, Absolutely. 100% agreed. You know, so I, I feel that it's clothing. They feel good. They are beginning to feel sexy. They're beginning to feel like they want to show off their bodies. But that has to come with them understanding consent for themselves. Okay, my other concern then, because I completely agree with all of the that you've just said, for the younger teenagers, I worry about this. So for example, my daughter hangs around in leggings and t-shirts the majority of the time. Yeah. Why does she then feel the need to go and wear a short, very tight dress to a disco? Is that to fit in? Is that to go with the trend? Oh, God, I've got like a great book about this. It's not here. I'll see if I can find a quote while we're chatting. Okay. So the teenage brain, there's a huge part of brain development for teenagers that means being with your peers. And it's like, you know, that kind of like, oh, all the teenagers just want to fit in together, whether you're in the emo crew or whether you're in the mm. bodycon dress crew or the sporty crew or right. okay, you know, yeah. so being part of a gang and a gang might be one person, right? Yeah. It's not like, you know, standing on a street corner kind of gangs you know it'd be but being part of a group and being part of a community is absolutely essential for the teenage development part of the brain it's almost like yeah but it's almost beyond logic 
it's like um <laughs> it's not like this at all when I felt so I had one baby and then I said to my husband one day I need to have a baby again and it wasn't like um it wasn't like a, a conscious thing it was like an urge in my body it was okay. like a ah so this is like that but totally different you know it's like a kind of urge like a drive like a compulsion okay you know to just kind of it's like a magnet it's almost like beyond the logic of the teenager and it and, and it's that drive to fit in but here's the thing so I mean I'm really lucky I've met hundreds of teenagers and I'm thinking of the ones I meet at the minute they're not bodycon dress girls they're not the emo girls they're just wearing converse I don't know just hanging out so I don't think this is all girls either okay you know okay this is this is a a tribe this is a certain tribe yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, and it is interesting, though, you know, that so I'm from Scotland and in Scotland, we start secondary school either one or two years younger because mm. the school system is different. Yep. So I think it's really interesting that here when the children are in sixth class of primary school, I would have been in one or two years of secondary school already. Yep. So there is a thing that, you know, when kids do go to secondary school, they are more down that path of the teenage brain than we think so they're yes. they're they're more ready you know but I do I, I know it's a fine balance though isn't it like I saw something about a year ago and this is maybe similar but different edit out if you feel you wish to Steph okay um have the editing power yeah <laughs> I was at a, I was just walking around the pitches when one of my kids was doing the GAA and there was a girl who was 12 who was crying at the side of a pitch I don't know she got hit by a ball or she was just crap that day or whatever I don't know but she had fake nails eyelashes and fake tan on and I mean because she was crying it was streaming down her face and she was 12 Mm -hmm. and I thought in my head I thought wow I thought 12 was young to wear fake tan eyelashes and nails to play camogie but maybe I maybe I'm out of touch I don't know you know I think there is something about growing up really quickly so you know me, I always have these little voices in my head. This one yeah, isn't my husband, it. thankfully. It's, it's other, <laughs> other, other parental voices kind of going, well, and actually I heard a parent say this. I was at a very interesting talk about, uh, it was kind of about the glass ceiling and f- kind of breaking through those stereotypical norms. And actually this parent raised a concern about what the teenagers were wearing to the discos. Oh, great. And she was kind of saying, I would never let my daughter leave the house like that. Oh, well, she'll and I learn. Can, <laughs> and I, I, I can hear somebody saying that about that child with the, the fake nails. You know, what, well, why are they letting a 12-year-old wear fake nails and tan and eyelashes? That, that's not appropriate for that age. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much control we have over children of anybody but I do think that ah not control but we have a wonderful opportunity as parents to help our children flourish you know and a huge part of that is that they need us to be their gentle guide and their gentle leader in our house we have an ethical and moral dilemma at the minute over gymnastics one of my kids loves gymnastics they want to go but I know it's not good for them. It's it's too vicious. It's really aggressive. It's it, it's um it's just not right. 
and I'd I'd, I dropped that bombshell today. <laughs> they were so sad, the kids. But I just know it's not. It, it's it's not right. The, but it's that a- particular club, I would I would say to you, because I've experienced both. Some clubs okay. can be very competitive and very driven and very you know. Um, well, now you need to come. Other clubs are just like there for the crack. All right. Well, don't tell her that because I actually don't have time to take her gymnastics <laughs> anymore either. <laughs> Edit, edit that bit out. No, of, of course I would do. Of course I would do. But that child needed me to make the decision because yeah. I have seen them hanging for the last few weeks and it's been heartbreaking for me, but also fine. But, you know, I just knew that there was a change and I had to be the parent and I had to lead and I had to say no. Okay. And there, it was mad. She, she actually didn't, she wasn't totally upset or totally destroyed. And probably more relieved that the decision was made. Well, probably a mixture of everything, you know. And uh, so the more that we do this stuff, I mean, because parents, you know, if something is okay or not, if the nails are the fake tan or the, and you're allowed to set rules for your house. If they love makeup, maybe they can do makeup in the house and take it off to leave, you know. I know my daughter got invited to one of these discos when she was in fifth class and I, that was a categoric no for me it yeah. just as soon as she said it i knew she wasn't ready yeah. i knew there were going to be older kids there i was like no sorry that's not happening until you go to big school yeah and even then i was kind of thinking i don't know how i'm going to handle it when you go to big school but i know it's not right now i think i mean i don't know if i'm allowed to say this story because i know we're not allowed to um I don't know if it will make it a bit a bit X-rated or not, but have you? I, I as mean, long as you don't swear, we should be okay. You potty mouth, well, <laughs> lady. <laughs> so, have you heard of what the girls and boys? This is only girls and boys that I've heard of recently with people who I work with do at the discos. So the boys sit God, in a line, think. and the girls we- dance. No, Steph, no, no, the girls don't dance. The girls go in a line, they move their knickers to one side and they get fingered by each of the boys as they go along the line. Shut up. Are you serious? Yeah. And then there's another thing called the rainbow, uh, the rainbow. Sorry, sorry. Penis. Hang on, wait. Oh, God, no. I'm going to actually vomit in my mouth. Please stop talking for a second. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can I, can I just clarify? These are definitely the teenage discos, as in 13, 14 year olds, that are supposed to be supervised. Well, I don't know. You see, so when I'm in a therapy room and the teenagers start talking to me about stuff like this, I have to be really sensitive. Yeah. yeah. You can ask I mean, them, I, sorry, which disco was this? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, what day and time? Because I can't be their parent. I have to be no, their okay. therapist and they have to be really safe to tell me stuff. You know, and it's great that they do. And you know what? I have boys who come to me who tell me their friends do this and they're so upset. They're so upset that their male friends do this, that they lie about having sisters to their male friends. Because they're so upset. So, I mean, I feel like we moved away a little bit from. Well, no, but I feel this is all tied in. I feel this is. is all tied in because that's the kind of fear I have in me when we're talking about these tiny little dresses. Yeah. And I think you see a lot of women our age have had really bad sexual Mm -hmm. experiences, maybe for the first 20 years of their lives. You know, I remember when I did the repeal the eighth campaigning, 
oh god I'm so bad at remembering stuff there was something that happened in the press at that time oh it was the thing with the rugby players and the girl up north yeah up it was north. a rape it was a rape, rape case yeah do you remember that happened so yeah. there was a lot of us discussing that as we were going yeah. around um knocking on doors or doing flyer drops or whatever it is and one woman turned around to me and she said I didn't know but that's just been like the first 20 years of my sexual life is just having sex with people because I didn't didn't know I could say no yeah or I didn't know that sex wasn't like that so I I think this freaks out maybe people of our age because it brings up a lot that's a bit close to the bone about kind of like lack of body autonomy I mean I don't know if anyone spoke to me about body autonomy growing no. up I don't it, think it existed in our yeah, I really sure. don't I really yeah don't. yeah and I, I so I remember like maybe six years ago I don't know COVID sort of makes everything blurry doesn't it I did a talk in my local Faroiga youth group about consent and it was amazing because at the end of it, I said, have you, has anyone got any questions? I did it in really small groups with the age appropriate. Yeah. And then I did like a big talk in front of a group. And <laughs> the person who minds my kids, her son was there. And he was like, ah, oh, fuck. No, yeah. <laughs> I can't look at you. Uh, I can't look at you right now when you're talking about consent and sex. Yeah. But one of the boys turned around and he was 13 and he said, what is consent? And I said, thank you for asking. I thought I'd made it clear, but obviously I didn't. Yeah. So this boy nobody in his family had ever talked to him about consent now I have not been I know 13 is maybe young to be sexually active but I was a sexual yeah but you need to have this conversation before they're sexually active yeah and also like I was a sexual health youth worker for years and I mean kids are I mean, kids touch themselves, everyone touches themselves all the time right so this, yeah. you know you're sexually active you know and no one had spoken to him about it and and you see I'm not a male so I don't know but when you get the feelings of um being aroused it, it's like a magnet you know you're oh what do I do with this also known <laughs> as stick mode in our house <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so when you get stick mode and stick mode sort of moves from being like a little boy thing and an mm. exploratory thing hey mom look at my stick mode I mean there will be a time when your son yeah. doesn't want you to look at his stick mode. Yes. <laughs> Thank yes. goodness for all of us. <laughs> no, but there'll be a time that there will be pleasure and there yeah. will be time of, um, you know, exploring and figuring this out. Well, these boys need to know that they need to do that alone. You know, yes. you need to be in your bedroom figuring this stuff out, not with someone else. Yeah. you know who hasn't given consent to do that if you'd like to become a calmer parent and are looking for answers to help your child then join my online parenting community the cam parenting club and get the answers that you're looking for to be the parent and person that you'd like to be go to my website bethanoreardon.com and i'll see you inside soon Okay, so just because I know we're tre we, we we have a podcast coming up that will be all about this kind of stuff, I'm gonna pull it back to the outfit thing. Yes. So if if we as parents are feeling uncomfortable about and unfortunately we are talking about daughters only here at the moment, because as far as I'm aware, the lads wear tracksuits to the discos. It's the it's girls, class, isn't it? Yeah. The girls are in the in in the short dresses. Yeah. Um so 
right at the very beginning, the caveat was as long as you have had a conversation about sex and consent, because let's not have our teenage daughters go into these discos and enter it, ending up in that line that you were talking about, not knowing what's happening. Yeah, but there's also like the rainbow penis. Oh, I knew called... you were going to come back to it. I was like, oh God, what's it's this? Called, it's called something like Rainbow Mickey or something like this. And it's a real, so there's a school in Dublin. So again, this is all like my sexual health youth worker type stuff. There was a school in Dublin where the parents were getting... I must come on these podcasts with better facts, right? But something like syphilis or herp, no, not syphilis, it's very serious, herpes or gon- gonorrhea. That was it, gonorrhea. Because the girls would, the boys would line up and the girls would give them blowjobs and they would, the boys would count how many different colours of lipstick they had on their penis. Wow. And then the girls would come home and use their parents' toothbrushes and then the parents would get gonorrhea. Dear God. Well, yeah. you've you've just illuminated every parent's fears. <laughs> yeah, surprise. But, and, and you know, the thing is, Steph, you said then about, you know, have the conversations with your son, have them with your daughter. Yes, but body autonomy is not, and talking about consent is not a logical thing. It's logical, it's nice. Here's the theory. This is, you just say, you just say no, girl. But... It's all about how your child feels about themselves. How have you raised your child over the last 8, 9, 10, 13, 15, 16 years that they feel worth not doing those? Say more about that. Well, this isn't self. So people talk about self-esteem. I hate the word positive and I hate the word self-esteem. Because self-esteem goes up and down. Sometimes I feel great. Sometimes I don't feel great. It can change within an hour. You know, but have you raised that core being in your child that they feel good about who they are? And that happens with the boundaries, with the saying no, with giving them autonomy in your house when they were younger. Do you let them make mistakes and not shame them? Do you let them say, I want to cook a meal tonight and it all goes hells up and you're all totally starved out your minds, but you get to eat a morsel at the end and you just say, thank you, I'll do the dishes. Or do you shame them along the way and say, you're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. The ability to act, the ability to say no and support yourself comes from how you feel about yourself. God, that's, I mean, that's such a light bulb moment. I hate that word, but think about that because I I have the same issue with, you know, if if you hand a child a phone, say there you go to your communion or whatever here's a phone but that child isn't allowed to walk to the shops on their own to buy a pint of milk yeah I mean something that I get messages a lot quite about is things like you know my daughter showed her breasts took a picture of her breasts and sent it to some boy in her class who shared it to everybody as I get messages like this quite a lot but it's actually nothing to do with the boobs and the breasts I mean here's the thing like teenagers are really impulsive I did mad stuff when I was a teenager right because that's also part of the development and so this stuff isn't clear cut right Mm. and and it's not that you've done a terrible job raising your child by the way if they do do mad stuff it's that you do the best you can in the early-ish years 
you know, like in the run up to it, like how is your relationship with your child? How is the relationship with their dad? Because this is the one that they will keep recreating in opposite sex relationships. I know this is all very general kind of stuff. Um, but that's what it's about. I found something. So I've got a book here, Human Development. I mean, it is like the biggest book in the world ever. Wow. But I'll just read you this out <laughs> Doesn't here. Doesn't sound like a light read, Bethan. <laughs> it's actually not. I've never read the whole thing because it's so intense, but it's really good for coming for people. You need to give of... us the quote then because we're not yeah. going to read it. <laughs> no, Christ, no. <laughs> I've had this book for forever. As a child gains more confidence to be alone, he usually seeks out the company of like-minded children and often tends to turn away from his parents' conversation. So you can have the conversations all you want. Your child will turn away from them. And it's not because they're being bold or disrespectful. It's because their brain development is telling them this. Children no longer want their parents' company much during adolescence, but this progresses towards separation. This progression towards separation certainly starts much earlier. Children itch for companionship of other children. It has a life of its own with its many enjoyable hidden secrets from adults. Yeah, and that's why I just think there's a period of time where your kids do want to hang out with you and are quite open to these conversations. My daughter's 11. I can more or less talk to her about anything. Well, I can talk to her about anything. And yes, initially it might be met with a, oh, mum, why are you talking about that? But we still talk about it. And I would imagine in another couple of years, it will be, oh, I'm not talking about that with you. Yeah. So and there's a window, I would imagine. There is, but it's more than just the chats. It's how you be with her. Okay. You know, yeah, I can have these chats around like topics that come up, you yeah. know, but it's more how your relationship is. I recorded another podcast. I know I have another podcast. I did the dirty <laughs> on us, but I got invited on it. And it's by this neuroscientist in Canada. And she said to me, and she's very, she's very big in the neuroscience world. So she would know more than me because I'm not a neuroscientist. And she said, Bethan, what is secure attachment to you? Because there's so much about baby wearing, co-sleeping, mm. all this. And I said, the only thing for secure attachment is your attention. And she said, yes. So I said, oh, that's great. No. So how is your attention the rest of the time? And you I mean, not physically being in the same space and looking at your phone. You mean being attentive to your child. Yeah. In moments. And just tune. Yeah. yeah. But just just in every way, just being there, just being available in yourself. So, yes, you know, I meet so many parents that like had the chats before bed last night. I said, that's lovely. But what about the rest of the time? Do you see your child's needs then? Can you help them with their needs? What's going on? You know, yeah. and so it's the rest of the time that is also really important. What you know? do you think about? Um. There are numerous t TV shows I've watched with my daughter that have brought up topics of conversation. And I was going to ask you for parents that are struggling because of the upbringing they've had to have these very open conversations that probably feel very awkward. Yeah. How, would, how, would, how do you view that almost using the TV show as a gateway to these conversations? Yeah, I think anything that provides a bit of inspiration you know, is really good. But I would encourage parents not to avoid anything. If there's something you're avoiding, it needs to be spoken about because nobody mm. else is going to raise your child apart from you. 
you know I, yeah. I meet many parents I meet many people who are teachers primary school or secondary school and they're like you know I'm an expert in Irish English math science now they're going to be teaching them French in primary schools I think so now they have to become an expert in French do they also need to be an expert in teaching your child about relationships no we cannot farm out the raising of our children and it is okay if there's bits that you are stuck on it's okay if there's bits you don't know the language about but it's possible to get the help for that yeah you know because this stuff is new you know I mean the way that they're teaching sex education in Ireland is radically different to how it was 30 years ago so you you, you're not going to know yeah I'm going to um I have a list of books actually that are kind of for younger kids about they're not technically about consent but it's the idea of and you know that starts with and I see it in the creches all the time you know or give him a hug Mm. or you know even now I'm very conscious of you know a child might be asked to say sorry but I don't follow that up with or give him a hug yeah or I'm very aware of if a child is trying to give another child a hug and it's very obvious that that child doesn't want a hug and I won't stop it but I will say do you think your friend wants a hug to make that child aware of the body language he's receiving or she's receiving you know that kind of reverse banana they don't want to hug look at them they don't want to hug right now yeah tuning them into that and as parents I think that's vitally important don't force your daughter to kiss that uncle or hug that parent or you know don't do that yeah and this is the awareness piece yeah you know, and, and and it's okay, parents, if you see something and you're like, that made me feel really uncomfortable, but I didn't know what to do about it. You know, come into the Camp Parenting Club, talk about it, figure it out. Yeah. Leave again then if you want to, that is okay. But don't leave this stuff to fester. You no. Know? And so it's not a recap really, because I guess this all comes down to the, the, the outfit wearing isn't about the outfit. It's about how prepared how has your language been? How, is, how have your chats been with your children? Are you confident that no matter what's going on outside of the house, that they're going to be okay? Yeah. And Once they go that... into that disco, are they going to be able to say, no, I'm not doing the fucking rainbow penis or whatever it is. Jesus, yeah. no. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do think a lot of it is, I mean, like I'm, I guess I'm saying like my experience, this is like the gold standard and sometimes, you know, caution is thrown to the wind and things happen. And that was out of our control. That was out of the child's control. And that's the really awful bit about life, isn't it? Is that the things that we found the hardest, the things that people hurt us the most, weren't our fault. You know, that you didn't ask for things to happen. That things just happen in life. But as parents, we can support children through anything absolutely anything that comes their way and it's not a reflection on the parenting it's just life and like that lady said to you you know she she had no awareness that sex was any different for the first 20 years of her life well we we do have that awareness now we can make sure our daughters and our sons don't relive that experience that they have the autonomy they have the power they have the language 
let, let's, you know, let's raise them differently. I think so, Steph. I think that's a good place for us to end. See you next week. See ya. Kinderama is a multi-activity programme for younger kids. We love to try a bit of everything. Dance, drama, music, yoga, gymnastics, sports and mindfulness all delivered in imaginative classes with original songs, stories, costumes, props and puppets. Kinderama is available in school, in creche or online. Check out kinderama.com for more info.